Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, the Dodgers lost to the Tigers. Bobby Miller bent but didn't break, but unfortunately still took the loss. We'll talk about his performance, gutting his way through six innings and uh, what that might mean. We will talk about the Dodgers using openers lately and what if that means what it means, if anything, for the postseason. And we will talk about the Dodgers sneaking up on the Braves for a possible one seed going into the postseason and a uh, listener question about how hard they should go after that. That's what's on tap. So let's get locked on Dodgers. You are locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. My normal co-host is Vince Semperio, although it's just me today. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And uh, as I said, the opening, the Dodgers dropped the series finale to the Tigers, snapped the Dodgers five game winning streak. Uh, they lost four to two. And uh, what... Offensively, it was a pretty lackluster game. They only had three hits. Uh, Max Muncy had two of them, including a home run. Mookie Betts had a double uh, after an Austin Barnes walk, and then Barnes ended up scoring on a ground out. That's the only two runs for the Dodgers. On the pitching side, it was pretty solid. Bobby Miller went six innings. Uh, looked like the rails might come off, and they didn't. Uh, that was promising, encouraging, whatever you want to call it. It was uh, it was good to see Bobby Miller. We're going to talk more about that here in a second. Uh, but in addition to that, then Bruce Dargraderall had a clean inning. Ryan Brazier allowed a run. It was unearned. An error by Max Muncy led to that run. Uh, Muncy, a lot of people are really down on Muncy defensively. He is actually, since around the All-Star break, he's been outstanding defensively, but he's not perfect. And there are still are uh, some plays that he's just not making. This one, it was just a... a a throwing error. It was a play that should have been made. He got to the ground ball and just threw wide of the bag. And uh, Muncy's throws, that's that's maybe my biggest concern, if I have a concern about Muncy defensively, is the throws don't always look comfortable. He has a strong arm, but he doesn't always look like he trusts it. Um, and so look like he short-armed this throw a little bit or something and uh, pulled Freeman off the bag, ended up leading to a run. And then Evan Phillips allowed a run pitching the eighth inning. And uh, you know, Phillips now, he's in a little bit of a mini slump. I'm not worried about Evan Phillips. Uh, his stuff is good, and honestly, I'd rather have him have his slump right now in September than next month in October. It's the way I feel about a lot of people. You know, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman are both slumping right now. I'd rather have them slump right now than in October. Uh, obviously, those aren't mutually exclusive. Them slumping right now doesn't guarantee that they won't slump in October, but for now, I'm going to allow myself to believe that they're just getting the slump out of the way so they can hit a hot streak in October. Because Mookie and Freddie both have periods of time where you wonder how anybody ever gets them out. And I would really like both of them to hit those streaks in October for about three or four weeks. 
that that's my goal there. So not you know it, it's one game and it's a meaningless game that comes on the heels of a five game winning streak. Yeah, it would have been fun to get another sweep, but you know is what it is. Bobby Miller, maybe there are some things we could take away from this. He didn't have great command even in the first inning when he got some strikeouts. He went two and zero on the first two hitters, and uh, you know that's not a recipe for success. He got through it in that inning. Uh, he ended up giving up a run in the second inning, I think, and then in the third inning, the Tigers had bases loaded, nobody out. Uh, I think it was the third, the four, two, two, two. No, maybe yeah, yeah, third inning, and uh, everything runs together sometimes. And it looked like the wheels might come off, and uh, he almost he uh, Spencer Torkelson. I always want to call him Heath Torkelson. I think I went to elementary school with a guy named Heath Torkelson, but this is Spencer Torkelson, the baseball player. He hit what off the bat looked like it might be a grand slam or at least a couple run double, but uh, it went foul. And then he ended up hitting a line drive to left center that James Outman made a great catch on. So instead of a two or three run double, it was just a sacrifice fly to score the second run for the Tigers and get the first out of the inning. And, uh, Miller settled down after that. He didn't allow another base runner. He got out of that inning with no more damage done and then shut things down the last three innings. His pitch count was way up. It looked like there was no way he would get through six innings. It looked like five might be questionable, but he did get through six innings on, I think, 97-ish pitches, something like that. The last pitch he threw was uh, about 100 miles an hour, 99.6 or something, rounded up to 100 at least on the TV broadcast. So the stuff stayed good. And, you know, I talk a lot with these rookie pitchers about how you can't learn to pitch in the big leagues except in the big leagues. And so even Bobby Miller, as great as he's been, and as much as we're counting on him in October, he's still a rookie. He's still learning things. And so I think there's probably some takeaways for him about attacking the zone and being aggressive uh, with first pitch strikes that realizing that he's got really good stuff. And so if he can be a little bit more aggressive you know, don't just throw it right down the middle because major league hitters can hit a hundred if it's right down the middle, but, uh, but be aggressive in the strike zone and get ahead of hitters. He's going to have a lot more success. And I think this is one of those games where, you know, the end result, six innings, two runs allowed. It's an outstanding outing. He gets a loss. Doesn't matter. Uh, we hardly ever, we had somebody in the YouTube comments the other day asked why we never talked about wins and losses. Didn't mention that Lance Lynn got the win the other day. And we, we hardly ever talk about wins and losses for an individual pitcher because they're meaningless. Um, you know, it would have been fun for Miller to go to 11 and three instead of dropping to 10 and four or whatever it is. Uh, but even then, like I, I, I'm only 80% sure that I'm right about those numbers. Uh, win and loss doesn't matter for a pitcher. It matters for a team wins and losses are team stats, not pitcher stats. So Miller gets the loss, but he pitched great. And if he pitches like that in the postseason, they, I like their chances, especially if he pitches the way he did, the last, you know, three and a half innings or so of that outing. Um, he, he basically, uh, he bent, but he didn't break. And that is, that's a valuable uh, quality to have in a starting pitcher. And so there's still talk. Uh, we're not sure. We know he's going to start one of the first two games of the division series. We don't know if it'll be game one or game two. Clayton Kershaw will presumably start the other one. Right now they're lined up with Kershaw going the day before Miller. Um He's going to, Kershaw's going to pitch. They said each of the next two Saturdays and Miller could pitch on Sunday, the last game of the season. Uh, but they could also, you know, we, we don't really know what their plans are. I, I don't know that it matters very much. Um, the reason it might matter is which one do you want coming back and pitching a second time in the same series? 
And, you know, if it comes to that, so there, there's plenty of things for them to think about, but quality wise, Bobby Miller, he's going to be fine wherever he starts. And I think this was a good outing for him to battle through a little bit of adversity, battle through some emotions. He, uh, he hit Zach McKinstry with the pitch and they chirped at each other. And uh, remember there was the game a couple weeks ago when I can't remember who it is against now. Um, I can't remember who the hitter was. I can see the incident, but uh, he let a batter get in his head and, and things got away from him. And uh, I think, I think this with hitting McKinstry, having the chirping contest and then still settling in and getting out of a jam, hopefully that was uh, kind of a lesson for him. That's funny that I can't remember the specific details. I remember I can picture everything that happened except I can't picture the face or the uniform of the guy who uh, Miller was chirping at. Ildemar Vargas. I don't remember what team he's on these days. Um, but it was Ildemar Vargas Nationals, maybe? Anyway. Um, yeah, and, and so I think Miller handled the McKinstry incident better than he handled the Ildemar Vargas incident. And, uh, and that's good. So uh, continued growth from Bobby Miller is what we want to see at this point. I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk about the Dodgers. They didn't use an opener in this game, but they have several games recently. I'm going to talk uh, some chatter I saw on Twitter and uh, and various places about that and what I think that might mean. So thank you for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. And please keep it Locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Let me tell you about Game Time. Game Time is a great place if you want to buy tickets to sports, music, comedy, theater, whatever it is you want to go to, Game Time is the answer. I used Game Time just yesterday. I was, as I've mentioned before, my favorite stand-up comedian is Nate Bargatze. He, I've, I've gone to see him every time he's come here to Utah since I discovered him seven-ish years ago. Uh, love the guy. Hilarious. And, uh, and he's coming next weekend, uh, the 29th and 30th, I think, of September to Salt Lake. And I wanted to go. And uh, I hadn't bought tickets yet. And I finally, the other day, I decided we're going to go. And so I checked all of the sites, not just Game Time, all of the, thir- the, you know, the, the reseller sites. And guess what? Game Time's lowest price guarantee, they do that for a reason because they have the lowest price. And it was remarkably lower. Uh, I'm not going to name the names of their competitors, but I will tell you, I checked all of them. Game time had the best prices. And so I bought four tickets for me and my wife and my two sons to go see Nate Bergazzi next Friday in Salt Lake. And I'm happy that I used game time because they had the best price. So if you need tickets to anything, check out game time, snag the tickets without the stress with game time, download the game time app, create an account and use code lockdown MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Lockdown MLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, I'm back. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. I want to remind you, you can catch every Dodger game on the radio, the Dodgers radio broadcast on SiriusXM or the SXM app just by searching for Dodgers. You can also listen to this podcast on the SXM app by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Uh, we want to thank all of you, especially our everydayers who are with us every weekday morning. If you're not an everydayer, just watch or listen every weekday morning. It's a lot of fun, and we really appreciate you. And remind you, if you are watching this on YouTube, we'd love to hear your thoughts in the YouTube comment section. If you're listening on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you through social media or email or whatever. I'll give you all that contact, contact info at the end like I always do. 
when I do these solo episodes, I got to pause for drinks. Uh, I don't have Vince talking to take a, a water break, but uh, got to stay hydrated. Um, this game uh, that the Dodgers lost to the Tigers, they didn't use an opener. They went with Bobby Miller. I think that's definitely the plan for Miller in the postseason. Uh, he'll be a starter. Uh, I think it's probably the plan with Clayton Kershaw. Beyond that, though, the Dodgers have been using a lot of openers lately. Uh, Caleb Ferguson did it the other day. They 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 seem to be experimenting with a lot of things. And uh, I saw somebody on, on Twitter saying it looks like the Dodgers are committed to using openers in the postseason. And uh, I... I don't necessarily think that's true. I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying they're not going to use openers in the postseason, but I think what they're doing, and maybe this is obvious to everybody, um, and and you know, if that's the case, just smile and nod and agree with me, or maybe you disagree with me. Um, I think what they're doing is they want guys who have any chance of pitching in a piggyback role to get used to warming up in the bullpen during the game rather than going through their pregame start routine. That's why I think that Clayton Kershaw will remain a starter because he has 16 years under his belt of his pregame start routine. And I don't know that they're going to want to mess with that. Uh, but all these other young guys, especially, I think they want them to get used to warming up with the bullpen during the game. And they might come in in the middle of an inning. They had said on Tuesday's game uh, when Ryan Pepio pitched the bulk innings, Caleb Ferguson was the opener and then Pepio came in. And Dave Robertson even said if Ferguson got into trouble in the first inning, they might bring Pepio in in the middle of an inning because that's an experience they wouldn't mind him having coming in uh, under pressure in, in the middle of an inning. Didn't end up happening. Uh, Ferguson struck out three, gave up one home run, but uh, never really got into trouble other than the one pitch. And so Pepio did come with a, a fresh inning, but I wouldn't be surprised if Pepio does come in at some point over these last uh, what do we got left? 11, 10 games, 10 games left. Um, is that right for no 11 games? Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Pepio come in, in the middle of an inning with a runner on base or something, just to get that experience under his belt. Emmett Sheehan, same thing. Uh, Gavin Stone, same thing. These guys who have a chance to pitch out of, you know, in a piggyback role, in a bulk role, whatever you want to call it. I think that's why they're using the openers. It's not so much to give them a chance to win this game. It's not so much to give Fer Caleb Ferguson the experience of starting a game. I think it's all about the young pitchers getting them coming in out of the bullpen because that is the role that they're most likely going to play. And uh, coming in and pitching these multiple innings, uh, and, and maybe they do go with Bobby Miller and Clayton Kershaw and Lance Lynn as the three quote-unquote starters, um, but with the idea of, Kershaw and Lynn both needing a piggyback. Uh, Bobby Miller, I don't think they want to use a piggyback with him. They might need to, but uh, I think they're hoping that he can give them six innings in the postseason. And he's gone at least six innings in like, what is it, seven of his last nine games or something like that. Uh, got five and two-thirds another time. So I mean, he is a workhorse at this point. And, and I think that's what they're hoping for. But they're going to have so many arms in the bullpen who can go those, those multiple innings and – Dave Roberts is getting them used to that role. And uh, maybe this is a, a good point to take my next ad break because that kind of segues into the next segment that I want to talk about because we got a question from a listener during Wednesday night's game asking how hard the Dodgers should go after that number one seed as the Braves are fading a little bit. And so um, 
all of this ties together. Uh, everything they're doing with openers and everything that you know that would be involved in chasing the Braves, uh, it all ties together. So I think I will take that ad break and then I'll come back and I'll talk about that question, how hard the Dodgers should chase the Braves. And then I may ruminate a little bit on the standings in a few other places. So thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. And please continue to keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. I am back. I want to thank you again for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Again, remind you to catch every Dodger game on the radio on Sirius XM or the SXM app by searching for Dodgers. And uh, let's jump into this last segment. Um, I want to read this question from a listener, uh, if I can find it. Yeah, Ian Lafferty at Ian Lafferty 83 uh, he asked, as we creep closer to the Braves for the best overall record, what are your thoughts on how hard the Dodgers should push? And does the Giants collapse make it possible? <clears throat> um, the Giants specifically part of it, I assume, has to do with the fact that the Dodgers, seven of their last 10 games this season are against the Giants. And so uh, if the Giants are now bad, uh, does, you know that helps the Dodgers. You know, If the Giants are a bad team now, then these last 10 games are all against bad teams because they have seven against the Giants and uh, four against the Rockies. And so, like, it's not crazy to think of the Dodgers going 11-0 and the rest of the season. Not going to happen. It's hard to win 11 straight games even against bad teams. The Giants probably aren't that bad, as bad as they've been playing lately. The Rockies have actually been playing kind of decently lately. Uh, so all in all, no, it's not... It's not likely they're going to go 11 and 0. Um, and, and so right now the Dodgers are two and a half games behind the the Braves. The Braves have a two and a half, three and a half. Let's see, four and three, three and a half. Three and a half games behind the Braves uh, would have been two and a half if the Dodgers had won this game, uh, the last game against the Tigers. So they're three and a half games back. The Braves hold the tiebreaker because the Braves won the season series against the Dodgers. So in order for the Dodgers to pass the Braves, they would have to actually finish a game ahead of them. Couldn't finish tied. Uh, if they finish tied, the Braves would get the one seed. So uh, the Dodgers need to finish ahead of the Braves. And at three and a half games behind, let's just look at something. If the Dodgers win 11-0, and um, just just for say, you know, the, the Braves have 10 games left and the Dodgers have 11. If the Braves went, if the Dodgers win 11-0, uh, that would put them at 103 wins. Um, no, 104 wins. The Braves currently have 97 wins. So the Braves can only have 93. So they have to go. If the Braves went six and four uh, and the Dodgers went 11 and 0, the Dodgers would get the one seed. Now, that's where it gets crazy. Like when you think about it that way, because the fact is the Braves, six and four, isn't out of the question at all for them. I'm looking at who they play the rest of the way. They play the Cubs. Who are still battling for their national for their uh, their playoff lives, but they also have uh, seven games. 
Is that right? Seven. Yeah, seven games against the Nationals. Uh, so seven of their last 10 games are against the Nationals, who are not a good team. And so six and four uh, seems pretty, I wouldn't say easy, but I'd be surprised if the Braves do worse than six and four the rest of the way. And so that would mean if they went six and four, the Dodgers would have to go 11 and 0 to pass them. And I've already said, I don't think that's likely for the Dodgers to go 11 and 0. And so all of this is a roundabout way of saying, I don't think the Dodgers are going to catch the Braves. And I definitely don't think that they should make any alterations to try to catch the Braves because everything the Dodgers are doing right now is setting them up for October. Honestly, I don't think they're thinking about the Braves at all. I think they definitely want to make sure that they finish ahead of the Brewers, uh, which is not really a major concern right now. They are seven and a half games ahead of the Brewers. And so uh, and that, I mean, that's a no brainer. Uh, the Dodgers are for sure going to finish ahead of the Brewers. I'll go on a limb. I will eat both of my shoes if they finish behind the Brewers. So the Dodgers have the two seed basically locked up. It's not official, but it's locked up. And the one seed probably isn't going to happen. And so the best thing for the Dodgers to do is to get ready for the postseason by doing all the things we were talking about last segment, you know, doing the opener so that the young guys get used to their roles, uh, getting, you know, Alex Vesia in games to see if he can earn a spot. Uh, you know, I, I saw our buddy Michael Whitman uh, tweeted out uh, Alex Vesia's pitching splits, and he has been so much better in low leverage situations. He did pitch well in a high leverage situation on Tuesday, but he's been so much better in low leverage situations. It's like, well, is that the guy you want? Do you want him in the postseason when he only thrives in low leverage? Probably not, but they need to keep getting him in games. They need to keep getting, keep getting Caleb Ferguson in games. They need to keep guys fresh. Freddie Freeman needs to get two more hits and four more doubles to hit some milestones. Mookie Betts still needs another home run and another RBI to set the rookie the or the leadoff records, and he needs to stay ahead of Acuna in those because Acuna is catching up in both categories. So you know, there's things they need to do on a personal level, and they, there's things they need to do to get ready for the postseason. And I think the postseason is all they're really thinking about right now. I think the personal things will come, uh, but everything that Dave Roberts is doing right now is geared towards getting ready for October. And some of that is keeping that intensity. It's been nice to see the Dodgers. Put up, they they won their first what three games after clinching. Um, that's impressive. Uh, it, it's easy to have a hangover, and they didn't. And so, and now they have a chance. They're playing their arch rivals with a chance to put a knife in the Giants' season. The Giants are down to five hundred. They're at seventy six and seventy six. Giants have a real chance of finishing behind the Padres. Um, the Giants are only a game and a half ahead of the Padres right now, and. Uh, I mentioned this on Twitter. I don't think I mentioned it here on the show. In the rest of their games, the Giants have 10 games left. The Padres have nine games left. Three of the games are against each other. And uh, and then of the other games, the, the Giants, all seven of their other games are against the Dodgers. And the, the Padres, six other games, besides the three game series against the Giants, it's three against the Cardinals and three against the Nationals. So the Padres definitely have the advantage in scheduling there. Um, and the Dodgers could could play a big part in eliminating the Giants. Uh, the fact is the Giants' elimination number right now is eight, which means theoretically the Dodgers could knock them out of the playoffs this weekend. Probably not because that would mean the Cubs 
winning all four of their games and the Dodgers sweeping the Giants. Um, but, you know, it theoretically could happen. And, and that would be fun. I think that's something, you know, in addition to getting ready, ready for October, I think the players enjoy these rivalries. And a division rival, a historical rival, it would be fun to knock them out of the playoffs uh, and having seven games against them out of the next uh, 11. Perfect chance to uh, to stick it to them. I think that's something to play for. Four games at Coors Field hopefully can can help with some of those offensive numbers. You know, if, if Freddie Freeman can't get four doubles uh, with four games at Coors, you know, something's wrong. Uh, th- there's, you know, there's things to play for, for sure. And I, I really don't think the Dodgers even have the Braves on their radar at this point. Now, I think they would like to have the one seed. You know, we've talked about that before. Uh, would you want the one seed? And I, I, I've come down on the side where I don't think you worry about first round opponent, about NLDS opponent. You're thinking about home field advantage and the one seed would mean home field advantage in the NLCS. And I think that's important enough uh, that, you know, I, I think that is worth fighting for, but I don't think it's on the Dodgers radar because it's so unlikely at this point. So uh, one last thing I want to talk about uh, re- regarding the Padres. I saw again, my buddy, Doug McCain, uh, you guys know DMAC over at Dodgers nation. He tweeted out something tonight, Wednesday night about the Padres making a push for the playoffs. The Padres have won seven in a row now um, to pull within 19 games in the NL West. Um, but uh, the Padres are now only four and a half games out of the last wild card spot. And so he's talking about them making a push. And I just want to say this, the Padres aren't going to make the playoffs. I've said it several different places and it's just not going to happen. And the reason is because like, let me put it this way. The Marlins have a better chance of being the, the first wild card than the Padres do of being the last wild card because the Marlins are four and a half games out of that first wild card spot. The Padres are four and a half games out of that last wild card spot. The difference is the Marlins only have to leapfrog three teams, the Cubs, Diamondbacks, and Phillies. The Padres, to get into the postseason, would have to jump past the Giants and the Reds and the Marlins and the Cubs. The, the Padres' elimination number right now is six meaning any combination of their losses and Cubs wins that adds up to six and they're eliminated. And uh, I was talking to my sister tonight uh, on text message about elimination numbers. And uh, I was explaining it to her that uh, I'm just going to read you my text her. I said, yeah, the, the number is based on the Cubs who currently have the last spot. But the reason there's no way the Padres will make it is because if the Cubs lose enough games for the Padres to get back in it, then the Cubs are probably going to get passed by the Marlins or Reds or Giants. The Padres have to pass four teams, which means they need to stay hot and have four teams get super cold. And it's just not going to happen. Like if the Padres, like I said, they have nine games left. If they went nine and zero, they would still need all four of the Cubs, Marlins, Reds, and Giants to, to lose at least five games each and uh that's if the Padres go undefeated it's just not going to happen and and like I think I've said this before on this show I think the only reason anybody well two reasons the the Padres are better than they've played if you look at run differential it's kind of funny the Padres run differential is plus 82 uh, and they are surrounded by teams with negative run differentials Padres have a significantly better run differential than the Giants or the D-backs 
who are ahead of them in the standings. But um, so that's one reason. Yeah, they're they're probably better than they've played. But the other reason is because so many people picked them to win the division and they're trying to save face and and knowing, oh, if they did sneak into the postseason, they can make some noise. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Sorry. Storylines like that, like it might happen in a movie. It's not going to happen in real life. So there's another thing I'm willing to eat my shoe on if I'm wrong about it. Um, that's going to do it for me for today. Uh, summary, Bobby Miller was pretty good. Took a tough loss. Dodgers are getting ready for October and they're not thinking about the Braves and the Padres aren't going to make the postseason, but they might finish ahead of the Giants. With that all said, thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. I really appreciate it. Remember, you can catch every Dodgers radio broadcast on SiriusXM or the SXM app by searching for Dodgers. You can also listen to this podcast on the SXM app by searching for Locked On Dodgers. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vincent's91. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and our DMs are open over there. You can also email us, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com, or send us a voicemail or a text message at 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow.